deep in London's beating heart lies a wall. A lock don't be if you know the call for if the wall steps aside, be not afraid. Hello and welcome to the Streetcast. I'm ZC. And I'm Liz. Liz, okay, I, I gotta I gotta back up here. I keep saying Streetcast at the beginning, but really it's the Shrieking Shack. But Streetcast is a really good name. So I'm kind of torn here. Which do you prefer out of those two? Um, let's see. I, I mean, I like the the intro with Shriekcast. You know, I, I think yeah, that sounds snappy. It sounds good. Uh, yeah. But you know, we are the official l- legal name, Shrieking Shack. Yeah. No, not not a trademark. I just maybe I a just, trademark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, trademark Shrieking Shack. I just wish that you know, uh, as as podcast hosts, co-host extraordinaires. Um, we had someone that we could write postcards to, to sort of get these frustrations out when, you know, when we're, when we come up with stuff about the, you know, ideas, questions, frustrations about the podcast, you know, none of us can write a postcard about it to anyone. We don't, we don't have a producer. We don't have a director. We're hundred percent independent. Um, but you know who wasn't, you know, who, who did have that luxury? Who? Uh, Alan Rickman. Oh yeah. I would imagine he had had an address. <laughs> That's true. Um, although, you know, to be honest, uh, we have to be Shriekcast because Shrieking Shack will just go right to England. Well, yes, yeah, Scotland. Haunted. Oh shit! Are we? Do we? We need to rebrand. We we don't have a tagline. You know, I, I sometimes I'll say like this is the uh, you know podcast for last Harry Potter fans, but but that's not it. That's not that's not what we need to be uh, known as. It's this is the most haunted podcast on the internet yeah i kind of thought that went without saying but you're right it is also good to say that it's good to i mean yeah i mean at this point you know we're, we're 14 episodes in now you know we have we probably have a a little following we don't need to do a long intro each time but um you know for people who are starting out if they know uh going into it that this is the most haunted podcast they're ever going to hear that might be good because you don't want to catch them unawares no you have you have to put out you know warnings uh about your various hauntings um i'm just saying if if uh if those new fans who who might not be aware of how haunted this podcast is if they all bandied together and signed up to the patreon we might be able to bid on alan rickman's letters to the producer of the film series that's true I feel like that is asking a lot. How much do you how much do you think these are going to going to end up selling for? I mean, they're like what? They're letters from Alan Rickman who is Snape. So probably, I don't know, 50 bucks. If you know, 50, maybe 75 bucks. Um Well, so uh, here's here's <laughs> here's my logic here. If I go to the post office and mail just like a postcard, that's going to be what? Like a 10 cent stamp at most. I don't really send physical mail very yeah, I have, often. Yeah, I have no idea. It could be $10. It could be 10 cents. I have no idea. I have no idea how physical mail works <laughs> anymore. Emails cost me nothing, uh, but, a, but a postcard. Um, so, you know, I think if we add, the, you know, celebrity tax on top of that, yeah, well, this will probably go for like 50 bucks. So give us 50 bucks. We will get these... Uh, these postcards and we will reveal on air what exactly was on alan rickman's mind during the filming of these movies because there's only a little bit here but it is juicy he does he does kind of get at um david yates here who directed the last 500 of those films Mm -hmm. 
He does say, uh, it's as if David Yates has decided it is not important in the scheme of things, i.e. teen audience appeal. And I want to know what he's talking about. I, I really want to know what the, the conflict is there. Does Did Alan Rickman share our Snape frustrations? Does he also think that the, the, the Half-Blood Prince reveals are stupid? I don't know. Yeah, um... I, you know, it, I'm really worried that some villain with $76 is going to outbid us um, <laughs> and not not reveal the full context of, of what's going on here, because I am very curious. Yeah, like, normally I would find this a little ghoulish, I guess. Like, going through dead people's mail seems like a weird thing to to do and then make you know 75 bucks off of mm, yeah uh, or yeah you know however much money they're gonna make uh, it's a tough economy you yeah, gotta find your true. 75 dollars where you can that's true um yeah they want to buy the new fallout you gotta find some money somewhere and hey if you have uh, a dead guy's mail lying around why not try and offload that i mean sure you, you sell it for 76 dollars uh, and then you buy the new Fallout, which I hear is going to cost $76. Get it? Oh, oh, because it's... Oh, fuck. Damn, that's some good, <laughs> damn, that's some good gamer humor. Uh, yeah. Because it's Fallout yeah, 76. Yeah, cut that out. Oh. Just, just edit that right out. Nope, nope, that's staying in. <laughs> <laughs> your your gamer jokes are staying in. I'm sorry. Um, oh, good. Yeah. So, you know, you buy the new Fallout, and I mean, it's not like, you know, it's not like Alan Rickman's reading his mail anymore. He, you know, he, that's true. I, I think that the um, kind of funny part of this is there, there's always a lot of talk about Alan Rickman's scenes in the movies because they're very good. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and there like, is always talk among the, among the fandom because we know that J.K. Rowling revealed some plot points to the actors, you know, before, before the books always... came out. I've always gathered that was got that's got to be like the occlumency stuff, right? That's why Snape has such hilarious like staring contests with Harry all the time. <laughs> yeah, um, but the, but like fans like to pick out scenes of Alan Rickman and Harry interacting and like uh, analyze them and say like, did he look like that because he because Alan Rickman knew that that Snape was in love with Lily this whole time. Um, so I really, I really hope this just rains on someone's parade. Yeah, I, I, I yeah, I hope that something really dumb like uh, David Yates didn't let Alan Rickman bring his dog to the shoot or something. Like, like that's gonna be the the real. It's not gonna be anything Harry Potter related or story related. It's like I asked for cheese and crackers and we got ham sandwiches instead on on shoot day and that was yeah that, that really seems like it's going to be more likely if i had to guess but maybe it'll be something juicy i do i i feel like we're we're kind of like accidentally dunking on alan rickman more than we mean to i love alan rickman <laughs> just <laughs> the concept of going through his mail uh to make money is very funny to me um but until until we uh, we score those letters with your generous Patreon dollars, uh, we don't know what it, what's in there. So we're going to have to move on to another news item, which is that kind of rudely, I feel, taking some of the spotlight away from the royal wedding, uh, uh, there was a Neville Longbottom wedding. Wow. Talk about talk about stealing the royal thunder. Yeah, seriously. Uh, couldn't have pushed that out, uh, you know, a couple weeks, my guy. Yeah, so Neville got married. Uh, that's how the the Harry Potter novelty Twitter accounts are reporting it. Yeah. Um, 
Well, because just like Alan Rickman is Snape, uh, Matthew Lewis is Neville Longbottom and and everything and and he will never be able to escape. Yeah, it's a real shame. But uh, he got married and there are pictures. I think the, the actor's name is Matt Lewis. Um, yes. There are pictures of him with his lovely wife. He, the, that actor gets to be the subject of uh, I can't even think of the format of the meme just because it's just too stupid but it's the it's the like puberty meme you know what I'm uh, talking about the I mean there's multiple versions of this you talking yeah. about the, well, yeah the, he's in the all careful versions who you call, of it yeah careful who you, who you call ugly in middle school meme yeah he's in that and and what and you know it's like wow puberty hit Neville like a truck and then they oh, show there, yeah, the actor grown up because you know, he he went from being a child to an adult man, I guess. Yeah. He did it. He did it. He 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 grew up. Uh <laughs> but he's still he's still he's still Neville to us, damn it. But yeah, there's not I don't really have that much to say about this other than than that apparently on, on Reddit some people are saying that the story here is that they met at the the like the wizarding world theme park and she worked there oh and, shit which is like that's interesting but also there was some there was some throwaway line that i can't find anything else about but i i, I need these details desperately is that they met while she was working there and he was there to like you know promo the park or whatever and she was married to someone else at the time so like hmm. how, how damn like neville longbottom like out i here. can't believe neville would do this yeah, kind of fucked up, but yeah. So that's a uh, another uh, another royal wedding for you. A lot of a lot of wedding talk on on the shack recently. I uh... <laughs> and and you know p- people are upset that Neville didn't marry Luna because uh, from what I hear, the 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 lady that he married is not Luna Lovegood, also known as whatever that actress's name is, Ivana uh... uh, Lynch, who runs a veganism podcast now that's her thing oh do we have to listen to that uh so ivana lynch if you're listening to the shrieky shack <laughs> come on um and and talk to us about well maybe don't i don't know yeah like, I, I don't you know i have i i i'm not gonna say anything about veganism but i do know that she has done some like campaigns with PETA, who i'm not a big fan of but no so maybe not our brand. I'm, I'm maybe not our no. brand. But if if she <laughs> wants to come on and talk about oh, yeah. being Luna Lovegood and her cat, that, I mean, she, she, I know she likes her cat a lot. But uh, but but I don't know. I, and also not know. getting to marry Neville. Uh, yeah, he's married now. How heartbroken must she be? Probably not at all, because Luna Lovegood isn't real. Yeah, we just have to uh, kind of carry on this uh, Harry Potter fandom tradition of having a very thin grasp on the idea. Of- <sighs> actors mm-hmm. you know that old story about how um like i it's i don't think it's true but there's that old that old story about how like when the first film reel was shown and it was the train coming towards the camera people thought that the train was gonna like knock down the wall and hit them and run them over you ever heard that one i have no idea what you're talking about oh oh <laughs> <laughs> i thought you meant for the first harry potter movie <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, people thought like, the Hogwarts Ooh. Express was gonna <laughs> was gonna fly out of the screen. It was the special effects were that good. Like, yeah, oh, did it come out in three D? Was it really that scary? Are you talking about children? Yeah. 
<laughs> no, there's the urban legend about how in the 1900s when film was yeah. first becoming a thing. Okay. That is Harry Potter fans and actors. <laughs> like, they just. They, they might really... think the Hogwarts Express is going to come run them over. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes. No. Harry Potter. I mean, you 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 kind of just stole. Speaking of you know thunder stealing, you just kind of stole my 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 punchline here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Harry Potter fans do think the movies are real and actually happened. I mean, I'm, this is something we need maybe need to get into in like a bonus cast or something. But the the theories that J.K. Rowling is really a witch and like the books are. A, journal like journalism uh that's that's something we gotta talk about i don't even know how to touch that but yeah we'll we'll put a pin in it yeah we'll get back we've done a lot of pins pins yeah yeah um okay final news item uh jk's tweeting again we got some jk thank god um and I got a bustle headline for us, so we're really hitting some traditions here. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, this I, this must be post uh, headline editing because this one is not ridiculous. Uh, J.K. Mm. Rowling says she rewrote one chapter in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire over and over again. I want to know what the original one was. It had to be something funny. Um. Uh. Let's see here. Uh. Oh, this by the way. Um. Started. I should. I should mention this. This thing started. Uh. Because. Uh. J.K. Rowling was doing some gamer tweets again. Um, oh. Is she excited all... for the new Fallout? Oh yeah. <laughs> she is selling Alan Rickman's <laughs> old letters to get the money to buy the new Fallout. <laughs> um. No, J.K. Rowling uh, is is doing some gaming again. Uh, she tweeted, Upon rereading, the best I can say about today's writing is that I got my second best Tetris score. Um, so that's, you know, some relatable gamer stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, and then a bunch of people were like, No, I'm so sorry, J.K. Like, writing hard. <laughs> that's what they all sound like. Um... um but yeah, then she was she was telling some people that uh, you know you know even me, the famous writer, I struggle with writing sometimes too. Uh, she rewrote the chapter nine in Goblet of Fire. She says it nearly finished to me. I rewrote it more times than I can remember. Uh, so we're not at Goblet of Fire yet, so we can't get too deep into this. But I will say that is the chapter where Winky is introduced. And she like stole Harry's wand or whatever, and Barty Crouch yells at Winky for di- disobeying him, and it's where the, the the this means clothes line comes from, and like Winky's sad that she's gonna not be a slave anymore. So that's oh, that yeah. chapter. That's so she a might good, have, good one. That's a really good one. So she got there in the end, you know, like like nailed it. Don't need to rewrite that weird shit again. Could she rewrite the first chapter of Goblet of Fire? Or maybe just delete it? <laughs> okay, speaking of, like, oh my god, we... Goblet of Fire is, I think, is going to be our, like... That's going to be our crossing the Rubicon, because that that is where things get wild. I was expecting... When she said Chapter 9, I was thinking, like, oh, maybe it's Spew. And that was my original goal, looking this up. I was like, this is going to be some good Spew chapter roasting. But no, that's... Chapter 9 of Goblet of Fire... They're still at the World Cup. Yeah, yeah, because it's the it's the de- the Death Eater parade yeah. chapter. What the fuck yep. happens in between? What what happens in the first eight chapters? 
I can't wait to get back to Goblet of Fire now because all I know about it is the Frank chapter and and the World Cup and Spew, basically. We have a lot to look forward to, and mostly it's going to be uh, before they get to Hogwarts, just a whole lot of Quidditch. Hell yeah, they're playing Quidditch, they're watching Quidditch, uh, they are they are seeing the dark mark. Uh, we get to see Frank die. R.I.P. to Frank. Um. So yeah, so that's what J.K. has been up to. Uh, Bustle wraps us up with when she wrote the Harry Potter books, Rowling touched an entire generation with hope, inspiration, and magic. The iconic fantasy series may be over, but its author continues its legacy. Wait, hang on. It's not over. Don't we have a new movie coming out? Uh, yeah, I'm just more confused with, I think that this article accidentally just called J.K. Rowling it. Uh... <laughs> Uh, continues this legacy on Twitter every day where she dispenses the kind of thoughtful advice that might just inspire the next great writer to start their very own series. True. She did inspire us to start a series of podcasts. That's true. This is an enormous creative endeavor. It is. Yes. This uh, is this um, is huge. I, I really like when she gives out writing advice because, um, you know, as like one of the most successful authors, her her writing advice is the advice that you give a first grader like yeah. all, always it ne always. it is never just like like write your characters to have motivations yeah i mean there there's there's the the documentary that we watched where she like you know where she told all those kids about you know how she got started in writing but there's like all those later ones where she's so proud of like i had the whole story mapped out it's like yeah most writers fucking do that's what that's what writing is like you don't just like sit down and go like mm, like like i'm gonna will words out of out of nowhere to 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 write a story <laughs> Yeah, I guess she also, uh, I mean, we, we know now that she revised a chapter in Goblet of Fire, which is news to me. Shit. Damn. Revising <laughs> a chapter? I thought I thought chapters just happened. I thought you just wrote them and they were done. And, and if it was bad, oh well. On to the next one. Well, you know what we say at the, at the Shriek cast? Everyone's a critic. <laughs> it's us. That's us. We're the critics. That's us. That's us uh okay i'm gonna say i'm gonna do a good one you ready for this transition yeah i'm ready speaking of moving on to the next one what we're the moving, next we're one moving, what the next we're, we're moving on to our, our next segment oh. oh our chapters <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh noted. I will not I will not do such an abstract transition next time. Yeah, that really threw me, but but I can we definitely can't go back and, <laughs> Okay, we can't revise this forty times. We have to we have to we have to get going. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I will bring us into chapter eleven, uh, which is the chapter that we've all been looking forward to, and that's the dueling club. So we go right into it from last week. Harry is waking up in the hospital wing and has his bones back. He finds Ron and Hermione to tell them about Colin uh, and uh, to tell them that he heard that the chamber had been opened again, just summarizing the end of last chapter and that Dobby had visited him. He finds them in uh, Moni Myrtle's bathroom working on the polyjuice potion and they say that they moved ahead with the plan they had already heard that Colin was attacked and decided that it was time to 
uh, get that all finished so they could prevent more attacks. Uh, there's some uh, a funny little line about Ginny being distraught about Colin Creevy, uh, and Neville's worried about being attacked because he is, quote, almost a squib. Hermione hatches a plan to steal potion ingredients from Snape to finish the potion. Harry throws a firework in Goyle's potion during class to create a diversion so that Hermione can sneak into the storeroom and get the rare ingredients. A week later, they go to the dueling club after seeing a flyer for it. Snape and Lockhart are there. They demonstrate dueling. When it's the students' time to try the disarming spell, Snape pairs Harry and Draco together. He also pairs Millicent Bulstrode with Hermione. Harry and Draco duel a bit until everything is in chaos, and Lockhart calls a stop to it and decides to teach a defensive spell. Snape suggests Harry and Draco demonstrate. Uh, Draco, on Snape's suggestion, summons a snake. Lockhart launches it into the air, and it gets mad and starts attacking Justin, who we learned in an earlier chapter is a muggle-born. Harry tells the snake in, in parcel tongue to not attack him, but oh no, everyone thinks that, that Harry told the snake to attack Justin, and everyone's mad at him and thinks he's the heir of Slytherin now. Uh, Harry confronts Ernie McMillan in the hall. Uh, he's kind of talking to the Hufflepuffs, talking about how Harry's evil and open the Chamber of Secrets. Uh, after he confronts them, uh, he kind of storms off. He runs into Hagrid, who's in the castle, looking for Dumbledore to tell him about roosters being killed. And then after that, Harry is alone, where he encounters Justin and nearly headless Nick. They're petrified in the hall. Everyone in the classroom comes out, sees Harry kind of at the scene of the crime. McGonagall says, Harry, I'm taking you to Dumbledore to talk about this. And that's the end of the chapter. Okay, I know that last week I was in nitpicky mode, and that might have been uncharacteristic because generally we don't really care about plot nitpicking. Uh-huh. However, um, the plan to create a diversion to let Hermione <laughs> steal the boom slang skin or whatever the fuck, uh... How exactly is throwing a firecracker into someone's potion less of a big deal than being caught going into a cupboard? Yeah, and it's all explained away because Hermione says, oh, I'll do the stealing, Harry, because if you get caught stealing, you'll be expelled. But I have a clean record. Right, which I guess that, like the that okay, here's the thing. On paper, I think that's a fine lampshade. However, that to me w then indicates that Hermione should just like sneak, you know, and do it like maybe off like, you know, off camera or whatever, or just like, like on her own time. The you have a you know, you're on thin ice, so why don't you take a firecracker, throw it <laughs> like in the classroom get everyone injured uh and leave traceable evidence of what was done you know and i'll go and take something out like, like what okay here's the scene that could have fixed this and this would have actually been really funny and it would be hermione saying that to harry and ron and saying you create a diversion i don't care how you do it i'm gonna steal the stuff and harry and ron are idiots and say okay let's throw a firecracker yeah. in the classroom <laughs> yes yes if 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 and maybe that maybe that is the implication is just that that's what they came up with because it is a 
it is they got it they got the firework from fred and george right like yeah i I don't think that's the implication i think that could have fixed it and that could have been a really funny moment for harry that could have been something that harry decides to do Um, how harry deciding to do something we can't have that in this book yeah so maybe he decided that off screen uh we didn't see that uh, and then yeah. afterward, we kind of we could have had like a cute little scene where Hermione's like, "You are an idiot." Yeah, like what the fuck was that? Because <laughs> yeah, I like that whole scene was very funny, but just like it, in terms of it, it's another one of those things where where like the whole bins being a ghost, but them <laughs> not being able to find the chamber thing. It's I only bring this up because it is directly brought up like like Hermione brings up you're on, you know, you you'll be expelled if you do anything else. So I'll do it like like that is like a a big, obvious lampshade. And I'm okay with that. Uh, And then to immediately do something that undercuts that just just like, what are you doing? If you're going to rewrite a chapter 40 times, I suggest maybe this one. Maybe maybe this beginning part at least. <laughs> I I did really like uh, when Snape pulls the the firecracker out from the cauldron and says, you know, if I ever find out who does did this, you know, you're on the train back home. And the line Harry arranged his face into what he hoped was a puzzled expression <laughs> made yes. me laugh a lot. <laughs> yeah, that was a really like the, like the scene is great and like the description of everyone having like because uh, it's what it's like an engorging potion or whatever. Uh, uh-huh like splashed on them so like all their limbs are getting huge like Malfoy has a giant nose like all that stuff is very funny it's just like as a plot movement I don't know why you would draw so much attention to like the fact that it's dumb for Harry to be getting in more trouble at this point (laughs) yeah like have Ron throw the firework (laughs) like I don't like like I know he's in trouble too, but probably less than Harry at this point. Like, like just please let Harry do, do something. Oh, that's true. That's true. Besides, Harry's like a superstar athlete, so he's got to dunk the firecracker into the cauldron. That's right. That's right. It's like reverse snitch catching. He's snitch throwing. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, so I, that that seems cute. But just like, what a weird, what a weird thing to make like a set piece, you know, like. Like, rather than just have, like, Hermione go, like, sneak into the classroom or something and and have her do it that way, like, just making it this big, big scene is very, very odd. Yeah, I I really like all of Hermione's character stuff with this whole plan and how motivated she is to do it. Uh, But to be clear, this whole Polyjuice potion plan is insane. It is totally nuts. And, like, I, 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 I agree with you that I love... I think you you said last week that like Hermione might as well be the main character of this book at this point. And like I think I agree at this point because she's doing everything. She's coming up with all the plans. She has the like character motivation to be upset about all the like mudblood stuff happening at the school. Like like it just seems like another case of just like like Harry is along for this ride. Like like he's not doing anything. He's not suggesting anything. He's not he like we'll we'll get to it later. Uh, Harry does do one thing in this in in the in this pair of chapters, <laughs> and it's a very lame thing in the end. Like like this is a problem that has like I, like I think we we've, we've we have said this about enough chapters now that I can officially say that this is a problem with this book. Like yeah, I I was uh, kind of reading 
select passages from this book, and I kept thinking that it might as well be written in second person. Yes, yeah. Yeah, totally. Pretty much. I, I could not find a place where that felt wrong or uh or like it didn't fit. Um there are like two moments in this chapter where I feel like Hermione is a more interesting character like just little little character things like uh, he says like conjuring up portable waterproof fires was a specialty of Hermione's uh, which is true she was doing that in the first book a bunch too yeah I in fact that's a funny thing because I'm surprised that that carried over to this book because uh, after reading the whole series I don't remember that coming up again and I think that could have been a cute thing to keep coming up so I will be on the lookout for that in later books (laughs) um and after, I guess we're kind of working backwards here because after the dueling club where everyone, you know, thinks Harry was making the snake attack Justin, Harry's like moping about it, I think. Or he's just like, really, he's like, oh, Justin thinks I'm going to attack him. Like, I'm mad about that. Uh, and Hermione says, for heaven's sake, Harry, go and find him if it's so important to you. Right. Like, it's like yeah. thank you Hermione. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you for for yeah, I, uh, it's it's very strange and uh yeah, so she's she's masterminding the polyuse potion plan as bonkers as it is. It's still I still believe it because I I I believe how motivated she is, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and then after that, okay, so so she steals the stuff, the the potions on track. She says it'll be ready in 2 weeks. And then we immediately cut to the like the notice of the dueling club or like the notice about the dueling club thing uh taking place mm-hmm. and ron and hermione are the ones who are like oh yeah that sounds like a good idea and harry's just like duh what that like <laughs> yeah his fish out of water routine is just really not working for me anymore yeah we're yeah it's because he's it's not getting... he's he's like the superstar athlete he's been there for a year um I I don't know. I, I mean, I understand that they're trying to introduce dueling as a concept to us, the audience, but this is I'm a just weird, sick of it. <laughs> in, in general, this is a weird way to introduce the concept of duel. Like, no matter, like, even if Harry was more taking more of an actionable role here, this is a weird, uh, a weird setup for the, like for 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 a dueling system like i mean even ron his first reaction is what do you think the monster can duel like like (laughs) he 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 immediately sees why this is stupid and points it out and then they just sort of go along with anyway i don't this is a, a weird thing i'm grappling with where i love this scene uh both as just like it is a it's a funny scene it moves the plot forward. I enjoy all of the character work here, but also why? Why is it here? Why are they dueling? What's the point? Yeah, I remember as a kid, I was like, I had this impression that the dueling club was just a club that existed at the school as not a not a new thing or a remarkable thing and being confused why it never came up again. Because the school should have a dueling club, you know? Yeah, I believe, like, the, the idea is cool, but, like, Lockhart notes that, like, he's, like, Dumbledore gave him permission to start this. It's a new thing. 
and I believe he implies, I can't remember, I can't find a direct line about it, but I believe he implies it's because of all the dangerous stuff happening at school. Like, he thinks that this is a good, uh, a good thing to teach the kids. And, like, I, this is one of those things where we're circling back around to the whole, like, how much of his own bullshit does Lockhart believe? Because he started this club and clearly can't duel, like, at all, which is very funny, but it feels more like something that he would have like volunteered for as an idiot thinking he could, but he like, he started like, he started this thing that reveals that he's a charlatan, I guess. Like that's a really weird, uh, move, I guess. Yeah. I, I think it's funny that he even managed to convince Snape to help him with it. Um, although I guess the implication is that Snape probably enjoys humiliating him yeah uh the scene is very good uh like snape and lockhart are the highlights of this chapter for me and their interactions together totally there's some there's some great descriptions of like snape's reactions to things uh like the you know his silent expression while lockhart's talking and like the sort of like snipey back and forth they have or like well rather it's more like snape keeps on like dunking on lockhart and lockhart either is ignoring him or doesn't notice you know like there's just (laughs) some really good uh really good character moments there um yeah it's again it's a great scene like the and and it's it's one of those scenes it, it reminds me a lot of um uh weirdly enough the midnight duel from the first book because it brings a lot of characters together who aren't normally together all the time. Like Midnight Duel, we have Ron, pre-friendship Hermione, uh, mm-hmm. Neville, Filch, Malf. Like, like, like we get a lot of characters at, at once bouncing off of each other. And like, this is another chapter like that where we are getting uh, Lockhart and Snape interacting. We're getting some more of like tertiary students interacting with each other uh um like hermione gets to get in duel or get in like a physical fight with millicent bolster <laughs> like there's just a lot of stuff here that's like this is cool this is this is this is doing great stuff for the characters and the book it's just like when you zoom out a bit and think about like but why a dueling club now like it, it, it i don't know it, it i keep going back and forth on like am, am i just nitpicking too much or is this like a legit criticism of this book because it just feels like it almost feels like this this is one of those scenes that was written first or like written early on and just like she jk like loved it so much and recognized how good it was that it had to be put in somewhere you know so help Mm -hmm. me god like this will make it into the book somehow yeah this sure seems like a like uh uh probably Lockhart at his best like the the concept of Lockhart is so perfect here uh I kind of and you can tell me what you think of this I kind of want to let it go only because I am like people bring up a lot like why would Dumbledore hire this guy right um and it sure kind of strikes me as possible that it really is Lockhart's really dumb idea, right? So it's like such a dumb idea that Ron even knows it's dumb having that line about, oh, you think the monster can duel. But for some reason, Dumbledore is humoring this guy and mm-hmm. it's kind of setting him up for failure in a way. Uh, and I think that that I might mean, be me 
kind of reading more into it than is actually there. This is interesting because this is this has been like a topic of debate, I think, for a long time, because there's that Hagrid line about how Lockhart was the only man for the job. And I've mm-hmm. always I've always thought that that was an acceptable uh, reason for 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 Dumbledore to hire Lockhart. It's not that he was the best Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher for the job. It's just that, like, after the whole quarrel thing, no one wanted to touch the job with a 10 foot pole. That makes sense to me. And like only someone as conceited and like uh, fame hungry as as Lockhart would like see this as an opportunity, you know, like like that makes sense to me. However, I do think that the read that, like, this is more, I guess, like, plotting, like, Dumbledore plotting, uh, you know, playing the long game or whatever, I think that also, that does work for me. It's one of those things where it's, like, both kind of work. Like, and I think both theories have even made it into, like, official, like, I think Pottermore has an article about, like, how Dumbledore chose Lockhart because he wanted to, like, teach the kids about, like you know not trusting authority or some weird shit like that like i i think there is an official jk rowling line for this i just don't know yeah it's something it's something a lot i have to look this up but it's something that is like dumbledore thought thinks that uh there is as much to learn from a bad teacher as there is from a good teacher which i have to say i disagree with that sentiment um I know, like, there's, it's one of those things that probably, it's like, you know, it sounds kind of profound until you think about it. It makes sense for Dumbledore. Like, it's the kind of dumb shit that Dumbledore loves, which I could see it. Um, I, I, at the end of the day, I think I'm okay with it just because it got us this scene and this scene is great. Yeah. I guess here's, here's how I imagine it. I imagine like, this is how it went down. And this is, this is my uh, mini, mini, uh, like fan fiction corner, mm-hmm. I suppose. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Lockhart probably went to Dumbledore and was like, oh, real shame about all these attacks, huh? It's like, gotta say, if only these kids were really good at dueling, I'm a great duelist. I've dueled, you know, X, Y, and Z. And the Dumbledore says, Lockhart, that's a great idea. I will put that you in charge of that right away. And I'll get Snape to help you. And Snape's probably there. They're in the staff room or whatever. And it's like, Snape, go help Lockhart with this. That's how I imagine uh-huh. it probably happened. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like that, 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 that seems... I almost wish we got that scene. Like, I mean, I know we wouldn't just because Harry Potter Harry is the perspective character, but it's like... Any anything for more Lockhart and Snape content because their interactions here are so good. Yeah, sometimes it's too bad that um, I mean, it's it's a choice, and I think that it works for these books. Uh, but sometimes it's a shame that we can't get scenes without Harry because we. I feel like that scene would be really good. I feel like that would make the contrived firecracker in the cauldron scene go away because Hermione could have her own. Hmm like mission i guess yeah totally like uh, her own perspective chapter on how she did it or something yeah yeah but it is what it is um yeah and the dueling club scene is excellent uh i think it's like finally 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 harry's got another zinger and it's when lockhart is saying just do what i did harry and he says what drop my wand yeah that one that one's very good uh there's another one a little earlier where 
Lockhart says, on the count of three, we'll cast our first spells. Neither of us will be aiming to kill, of course. I wouldn't bet on that, Harry murmured, watching Snape bare his teeth. Uh, <laughs> like, there's there's some great stuff here. Oh, and my favorite, actually, I, I highlighted this. This was my favorite thing, and I think this entire reading was uh, Malfoy and some of the other Slytherins cheered. Hermione was dancing on tiptoes. Do you think he's all right? She squeal- squealed through her fingers. Who cares, said Harry and Ron together. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, it- this is just it's so sharp like it's it go it's fast it's funny um i was imagining that the movie uh exaggerated snape blasting lockhart for mm-hmm. the cinema but it totally didn't like the no like he fucking blasts him across the room and like knocks him into a wall and he and like falls down <laughs> <laughs> I, I I I love this and and this is this is a fun I have such a different picture of Snape now like and we've talked about this before but like you know that like obviously with Harry as a perspective character Snape has always been played up to be more evil seeming in the early books than he really was um and like remembering that Snape would be like in his early 30s at this point right Mm-hmm. Like, I really just get this this impression of just sort of a, like, kind of smarmy, gothy teacher, which is <laughs> like, like, he is like this, this thing he's he's doing here where he's like, doing his best not to smile while he's about to like, he knows that he's about to knock this idiot across the room and get away with it. <laughs> uh, the thing where he's putting the two students he knows hates each other the most together uh, the thing where he, te- you know, like, the, the when things get out of hand, it's not, I mean, like, okay, it is bad that Snape uh, told Draco to, like, conjure a snake, but the his from his perspective, he was just going to have Draco make the snake and then he was going to get rid of it. Like, that was the, the plan there until Lockhart stepped in and, like, made the snake angry. Uh, and so, like, I just get this kind of weird, like, like Snape is like this close to just being like the Slytherin version of Fred and George almost, you know? Yeah. I think that I had a totally different read this time around than I did before about the snake thing. Like you said, it seems so harmless. Like until, until Lockhart, you know, shoots it up in the air and it comes down and it's mad, right? It's not, it's just sitting there, right? It's and yeah. It's, it's just a snake that shoots out of the wand and sits there, and then Snape's like, "Okay, I'll deal with it." Like he's he's clearly just fucking with Harry. Like it's also just the dorkiest thing in the world. Like he like has his like fa- his like favorite student. He's like, "I know what we'll do. We're gonna conjure our mascot." Yeah, yeah. Like like I, yeah. I I I I just have and and like this coupled with all the stuff with like him like egging Dumbledore on to get Harry off the Quidditch team and stuff like I just get it's like I just get this picture of him as like a prankster almost which is not ever anything that I would have considered Snape to be before this reread yeah yeah he's he's goofy I I like him a lot um yeah I mean I make no secret of that I'm a a big Snape fan here we're we're real Snape heads on the street cast (laughs) Mm mm-hmm do you have anything else about the dueling club chapter? I guess we could um, talk about Parcel Mouth. That's that's the big reveal of that's this our chapter, trans- right? Yeah, that like that's our transition here. The Parcel Mouth thing is 
funny, I guess, because it's a, I, I feel like, I, I guess it's like a big crowded room and like maybe not everyone can tell what's happening. I do think it's a little bit contrived that like, I mean, I guess, I guess it really is resting on the, uh, the, the reveal that like being able to talk to snakes is a very bad thing. Um, because the whole thing where like Harry chases it, the snake and gets it to stop attacking Justin or like stop running towards Justin. Like that seems the order of those events seems pretty obvious to me. That doesn't seem like the way it's written. It doesn't sound like this is a split second, like panic crowd thing where the snakes flying up in the air and then immediately lands on Justin and Harry. It looks like Harry pissed it off or whatever. It seems pretty clear that like, Lockhart sent it flying in the air. The snake got pissed <laughs> off. It went towards Justin. Then Harry went towards it. like I don't know. Like it's just a little dumb. I get I I I get that like obviously Parcel Mouth is the big reveal here, and everyone's scared of that. But the whole like oh Harry was egging the snake on thing just feels really uh, like a reach. I guess. Yeah, it's especially uh, like I mean this is this is kicking off Harry's conflict and it it's kind of goes over these these two chapters because he's being accused of attacking students because he has this like evil snake speaking skill um and it's it kind of makes me realize that I had almost no concept of his relationship with the other students in the school mhm because it's like we didn't ever see him interact with anyone other than than Braun, Hermione, and Neville, and now all of a right. sudden it's like, oh, that that Ernie McMillan, he's shit talking me in the halls now. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> I don't yeah, know. I, I just like think that, it's really weird. <laughs> I think that's weird. I think a lot of this is hinging too on just my like, I for for a for a, a world that is supposed to be based on on magic and and like new fictional concepts the idea that everyone still has this very christian fear of snakes uh, <laughs> in the wizarding world is very funny to me um uh the scene where ron again is just info dumping to Harry, like here's the here's the social climate around Parcel Mouths. They're bad. Like that is is bizarre to me that this is the third time that Ron has had to like explain uh, a social concept or a word to Harry. Uh, especially because there's I, I highlighted this because this was too funny to me. Uh, you're a parcel mouth. Why didn't you tell us? I'm a what? Said Harry. Harry <laughs> said that exact fucking thing in the first book. The I'm a what is like a, a iconic what? line. Yeah, it's like an <laughs> iconic line from the first book. Like, is this an accident or are we just trying? Is this just like a throw? Is this a callback? Is this a joke? Like, Do, like does this come happen on. To, does this happen to him in every book? Like, I'm trying to think because there's no like this is the end of Harry's powers, right? No, it's not because the f he gets occlumency. He gets uh um. He doesn't like, really get occlumency. He fails at occlumency. That's true. He tries to get occlumency. I mean, he gets Horcrux powers or whatever. He yeah. Um, 
he's the prophesized one he's the chosen one or, or at least the everyone thinks he is turns out he's not yeah it, it's just this this is clunky this is a clunky clunky book i think uh uh yeah i think that's that, a good way of describing it it's like reading these parts it's just like it's a slog and it feels uh, clunky I would I would like to go back and and like do a word count on like Ron dialogue because I feel like the majority of Ron's dialogue in this book is exposition to Harry about what does blank mean. <laughs> I'm a like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like he explains what mudblood is. He explains what is it? He, he explains what a squib is, and then he explains what a parcel tongue is. Like he's just here to explain these concepts to harry it's just weird i don't know let's let's move to the next chapter because otherwise i i feel i'm worried that i'm just going to be repeating myself like with the with the with this like ron ron is a character thing but yeah it's 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 i love everything that happens in the actual dueling club everything else in this chapter is kind of like a mess to me I agree. I have one more closing thought for this chapter. Um, and it is when the Hufflepuffs are all talking about Harry and he's eavesdropping and they're talking about how he's attacking people because he's a parcel mouth. And er- Ernie's kind of the, the ringleader of the Hufflepuffs and he, he's saying like, oh, what other dark powers does he have? He's a dark wizard. Maybe he defeated Voldemort because he didn't want anyone competing with him. Uh, one, I think that's really cute. Like, I think this this scene of kids scaring each other is very funny and good. Mm-hmm. The line where Hannah says, he always seems so nice though, just took me out of it completely because all I could think of is literally when I have, I've ne- I have never like, I like Harry. Don't get me wrong. As I read these books, I'm not just like, Oh, you know, Harry, he's so nice. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, even at his best, when Harry is operating as like the you know, like a high level, like as a interesting character in these books, he's kind of like a sarcastic asshole. Like that's his yeah. stick. Which I like again. That's not a criticism. I think he's great when he's like operating at, at, at like on that level. It's just that like I don't think he's being nice to anyone in the which. Okay, speaking of, we got to the second Christmas thing here, right? Or is that next mm-hmm. chapter? Um, next chapter. Because they go... Okay, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm bringing this up anyway. I'm bringing this up anyway because it applies. <laughs> Harry has never gotten his friends anything for Christmas. This is twice in a row now. First year, I could let it slide because it's like he probably doesn't, you know, know... Like, he's just met these people. He doesn't really know. But, like, now he went through the fucking trials of whatever the fuck in the first book with these people. He didn't get them anything for Christmas. What the hell? <laughs> He's loaded. He has a billion million dollars. Like he could probably, like I don't know. God, he 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 could buy the Chudley cannons for Ron if he wanted to. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Uh. So I I am thinking back when I read this line. He always seems so nice, though. I go back to the last chapter or the second to last chapter of sorcerer's stone when Harry, and when it's like oh harry has to go do the like showdown with voldemort and hermione tells harry why he has to do it and basically gives us like this weird exposition about what we're supposed to think about harry as being courageous and mm-hmm. you know and all that stuff and i'm like wait what yeah um, what yeah So I don't know if that's where Harry's character comes together is other characters telling us how we're supposed to 
think of him. I don't, it's like, oh, well, we know Harry's nice because he must have been nice to Hannah at some point off screen. It's uh, my favorite uh, characterization of both Harry and Ron so far has been from the first book after the, I think it's, I believe it's after the troll chapter. Oh no, it's after the midnight duel where they say that they thought it was a pretty good adventure and they were looking for the next one or whatever. Like that's the character characterization I like. Cause it's just like, they kind of poke at stuff that they know they're not supposed to like that. Yeah. That's the, like they're, they're, they're nosy. They are, uh, puckish or roguish. I don't know. Like, you know, they're, 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 they're adventurous. Like that's the, that's the vibe I get from, from it. I mean, they like, they, again, that's why they stole the car, you know, like yeah. the, like they 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 just they 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 poke at boundaries and they uh they they they're thrill seekers that's kind of the impression i always got of them I, like yeah. nice is just not the the word i would use like even even in again i'm not knocking harry as a character here but like i just don't think that that's a real trait of his yeah and and he's not like immoral right like i like harry no. a lot it's just that i would not sit and say like oh he, you know he really goes out of his way for other people or like is is particularly nice um he, and he does stand up for people right he stands up for what he thinks is right um, in the first book he sure hasn't in this one well, in this well, cha- we'll in this see. chapter when he goes to see <laughs> when he goes to see justin he this we talked about this earlier uh th- this is the being called racist is worse than being racist thing. Like, like <laughs> he's just so incensed that anyone would call him Harry Potter, uh, the heir of Slytherin. And like, like he hasn't really said anything. He's not like out there saying like, yeah, fuck pure bloods. Like, like, like he's not. I don't yeah. Know. It, it cuts a weird tone is what I'm going to say. Yeah. Uh, and even even Hermione is exasperated with him, which yeah. I have to say, I relate. Um, I guess I'll take us into chapter 12. I'm sure we'll be yeah. kind of calling back to this chapter anyway, because they're, mm-hmm. you know. So chapter 12 is the Polyjuice Potion. Uh, we're right where we left off. Harry's in Dumbledore's office. Dumbledore isn't there. And Harry tries on the sorting hat. And the hat reiterates that he would be good in Slytherin and Harry gets real upset and mad because what if he is racist? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Harry then observes Fox, who is looking pretty shitty, and then catches on fire. Dumbledore shows up. Harry says, oh, your bird. I couldn't do anything. And then Dumbledore explains what a phoenix is. Dumbledore asks if there's anything Harry wants to tell him says that he doesn't think that Harry opens open the Chamber of Secrets. Harry thinks of all the things he could tell Dumbledore, but decides not to. Christmas is approaching, and the Polyjuice Potion is almost ready. Most students have gone home scared of being killed or petrified. Reasonable. Mm-hmm. After Christmas dinner, Harry and Ron plant cupcakes full of sleeping potion for Crab and Goyle to find. After they've fallen asleep, they take some of their hairs and hide in the hide Crab and Goyle in the broom closet, and then they go to finish the Polyjuice Potion. They use the hair to, to, to finish it, and they they drink the potion. Something goes wrong with Hermione's, but she's locked in the in the bathroom stall. Says, "Go without me." They go to find the common room. They don't know where it is, but luckily they run into Draco Malfoy, who who leads them in. Uh, 
Draco shows them a newspaper article about Arthur Weasley getting fined for having the flying car and facing an, an inquiry. Uh, and then Draco goes on a crazy pureblood rant, uh, says he doesn't know who the heir of Slytherin was, but wishes he did so that he could help whoever it is. Uh, and also says that Lucius Malfoy, his dad, knows more about the chamber, but won't tell him. Harry and Ron leave because the potion is wearing, wearing off. They run back to the bathroom where Hermione is. Uh, she finally shows them that uh, she sadly did not take one of Millicent Bolstrode's hair, but took a cat hair off of her robe and is now looks like a cat and has to go to the hospital wing because the Polyjuice Potion was not meant for animal transformations. And the chapter ends. Ba, 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 ba. Um, just want to say uh there i have i have a lot to say about this dumbledore uh <laughs> stuff i think the number one thing i would like to point out is how absolutely dumb it is that that ch the chapter dramatically ends with professor mcgonagall dragging him to dumbledore's office him sitting down with dumbledore dumbledore just goes got anything to tell me dude and harry's like nope and that's it. That's the meaning. <laughs> like, like what? Yeah, I definitely reread this scene to see if I missed something. Mm -hmm, and, me then, too. and then I went back to kind of write my outline. And again, was like, did I miss what Dumbledore had to say? No. No. Just. He, he has, he tells, he, he tells Harry what a phoenix is and then says, oh, also they can care. They can carry very funniest fucking thing in this entire series so far like oh. weird weird <laughs> oh my bird uh yeah it can lift it just it really can lift heavy weights and also it has healing tears it's so good like we were we were kind of <laughs> clowning on the Ginny thing uh, last episode but this is so far beyond that this is oh hello harry i see you've met the plot to, like like you've met the deus ex machina here it is <laughs> like like my bird my bird can take huge loads like thanks dude like I, i'm really glad to know this this nugget of information that i'm sure will not come up ever again like yeah you might not think this bird can carry you uh but don't <laughs> don't be fooled it surely can when, uh, whenever i whenever i'm you know around birds uh i'm always asking their owners hey how much can this thing lift <laughs> ask dumbledore just volunteers that he's ready for harry to ask and he so, just so, just heads that one off is is that what did 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 dumbledore like call mcgonagall into his office and go like minerva um i've got to tell harry something about this bird before it <laughs> explodes uh i don't want to see his face when the bird's on fire so can you go get him please like like is that what's going on here is, did he orchestrate like hiding behind the door yeah, like, 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 is this is this mastermind at work, Dumbledore, going like, okay, my bird's nearly dead. I'm gonna get Harry up here. He's gonna see the bird nearly die, uh, and he's gonna be real freaked out. I'm gonna have a good laugh, and then I'm gonna tell him the bird can carry a lot of weight. Uh, like, this is so ridiculous because when you think about it, Fox doesn't need to carry how out of the chamber. You know, this seems like this weird. This weird problem where you're writing something and you're like, oh, damn, like my characters are stuck in this chamber. How am I, how am I going to get them out? 
oh, well, I've got this bird. I guess the bird could carry them out. <laughs> also, and then you go back and write this in earlier instead of being like, oh, I guess the bird could go get Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah. Like, also, I, I I actually don't know if is is that part of like the Phoenix legend elsewhere is it, like I know, you know, obviously everyone knows the Phoenixes, uh, they, they burst into flames and rise from the ashes anew is that also they can carry a lot of a lot of weight. Is that actually I actually a, did. I didn't look into that. I should have. I have no idea. I might look that up on our break. That might, that might make this a little less goofy, but just him volunteering like, oh, Harry, here's all here's here's my bird stats. Uh, <laughs> huge HP bar uh, has a resurrect spell, uh, had, you know, spec for healing, obviously, and uh, a huge inventory space. Unlocked all the inventory space on this bird. Yeah, this bird has ninety nine bag spaces. Like what? <laughs> this scene is so weird. Couldn't have, couldn't that have been like like it's a fucking bird. Couldn't it have like couldn't this have been illustrated somehow? Like what if after after Fox catches fire, or maybe before he catches fire, he like picks something up and Harry goes like, "Huh, birds don't." carry things that heavy nor like if it was flying around Dumbledore's office like carrying something like that seems like a more natural way to 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 introduce this like already kind of funny concept at least rather than Dumbledore's being like <laughs> oh I see you saw my bird guess what really good at carrying <laughs> stuff <laughs> uh <laughs> So I guess that's the most important piece of information in this scene. It uh, is. I guess also that Harry tried on the sorting hat and it's like, yes, you would be good in Slytherin. Um, I'm a little bit confused about Harry's internal conflict. I know he's very upset that people think he is uh, killing people or trying to, but he seems like worried, you know? He seems like, more worried that, like, this is going to fall down on him. I can't than, tell. Like, like, is he worried that he's actually doing it? I don't think so, no. Like, I, I, I think that he's just worried about seeming weird. Like, the worst thing that Harry has, like, the worst secret Harry has here is hearing the voice, right? Also, can we talk about that? How... <sighs> Not even a line, not even a throwaway line theorizing, what if I heard a snake? Like, hearing a voice no one else can hear. Hearing a voice yeah. no one else can hear. It turns out I can talk to a thing that I didn't know I could talk to. He doesn't even make that connection. Like, Harry does Harry, like, I, consciously, Harry does nothing here by not telling Dumbledore anything. And I'm not sure why he didn't tell Dumbledore anything, because, like, I feel like after the end of Sorcerer's Stone, their rapport seemed pretty, uh, I don't know, like, 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 Dumbledore seemed like he understood what Harry was going through, like, like, Dumbledore saw Harry kill a guy. <laughs> I don't yeah. think, th I don't think that Harry really has much to worry about in terms of, like, what Dumbledore is gonna think. So that's already dumb, but yeah, like like Harry doesn't even 
it doesn't even cross his mind that like, oh, uh, maybe this will help me. Like, realistically, I'm sure like, you know, if this is a this is a, a dumb tangent, but like, you know, if you were a real person who, who, who these like two random events happen to, you wouldn't immediately leap to that conclusion. But this is a this is a goddamn mystery novel. And you're telling me that like Harry is not putting these two voice related clues together in his head, not even like <laughs> to dismiss. Not like he doesn't even go like, nah, that can't be it. Like he doesn't even think about it. Like what? I I will say in its defense that uh maybe maybe I was a dumb kid, but I didn't put that together. Um I can't even think of how old I would have been when I read this, uh, but it does seem extremely obvious, especially when it just kind of keeps bringing it up again and again, uh, because in this scene, Harry summarizes all these clues in his head. Right. Yeah. I think that's why I'm so like frustrated by this is, is that like, he he bullet points out all the things that he he knows and does not make the connection between hearing voices no one else can hear i can talk to snakes i've heard a snake talk before like just i don't know just just weird it's just weird um i guess i will say that i think malfoy is still a very strong red herring here so that's I think that's reasonable, especially because when he summarizes kind of the plot points in his head, he the first thing he thinks of is Malfoy shouting, you'll be next, Mudbloods, which I yes. would say is pretty strong evidence. Yeah, um, totally. I, I think that I think that that stuff still. Ma- but again, that's more like that makes Hermione's theory more stronger, you know, like like that. That's her angle on, on all this. Yeah, and even, uh, and honestly, I don't think it would have been such a bad thing to have them think that maybe Slytherin's monster could be a snake because that doesn't really um, reveal anything. It doesn't reveal who is masterminding it. Um, mm-hmm. And also Hermione could say, like, you know, I, I mean, that's the thing is, like, basilisks don't petrify you they kill you so it's Mm -hmm. like it's like well what snake petrifies you hermione goes and cross like references that in the library and comes up with nothing right yeah like that i think that's the thing is like this is a mystery novel where all the clues are there and harry is not even considering or following I, I, i i honestly this all just comes back down to harry not doing anything in this book like I would be 1000% okay with like them following that lead to what they think is its conclusion and then moving on, you know, like that could be two pages of them going like, well, you heard a snake, maybe it's the snake. And like you say, like Hermione not finding anything about a snake that petrifies people and them going like, okay, we'll close the book on that one. It's Malfoy, you know, like, like that's, that would be totally reasonable, I think. Uh, it's just weird that all these very obvious seeming clues are bullet pointed out in Harry's head and then his non-action is to tell Dumbledore nope and then to think no more of it and just feel sorry for himself. It's frustrating. Um, I, when I read this, especially, I mean, this scene in Dumbledore's office, I'm reminded of the reaction that a lot of people have to Order of the Phoenix. Um... And I, and I think about that book a lot because it is pretty, people are pretty hot and cold on it, I think. 
Um, and most people's complaints are that Harry's character is bad. They're frustrated that all of these things are happening to Harry and he doesn't go to Dumbledore and say, Dumbledore, I'm having these crazy dreams that Voldemort's in. Um, and there seems to be like kind of a like conception that that kind of comes out of nowhere in the fifth book. It's, it's, it's all right here. Like, he sure like, does. He sure is that here. Um, he doesn't do anything. He, things are happening around him, and he isn't talking about it. I don't really even have a problem with him not telling Dumbledore here. He has a pretty good reason, right? Ron says, "Oh, they'll think you're crazy." Yeah, um, I think that's pretty reasonable. Um, but Harry is frustrated. His, his character is non-existent, and when it is, it's just a little bit frustrating. It's. it's um, I mean, it's it's tough, right? Because like, I'm not saying. <sighs> I'm not trying to say that, like, a character being, you know, paralyzed as to what action to take or whatever can't make for a good story, you know, or, like, inaction on a character's part can be action in a story, if that makes sense. Yeah. It's just that, it's just that here, there, it's different, I guess. Like, like, it's not, it's not that, like, Harry is stymied and is caught between it like and is like you know in the story caught between a rock and a hard place and and it is resisting doing anything and, and like stewing over what to do it's just that everyone else is taking actions and harry is like passively observing uh, yeah passively observing i'm not sure why i said ob- observing there but, but you know what i mean you know what i mean it's like it's 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 he is like as the point of view character we are not getting very much in the way of like insight into his indecision you know like we 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 know that he's pissed off that they've that they think uh he killed or petrified justin finch fletchley but like he's not he's not out there like saying like rallying against the the like pureblood racism stuff or anything like i don't really even know what he thinks of that at this point like i guess i guess we're just supposed to think that like well yeah obviously he's helping hermione like and doesn't like malfoy so that's all we need but like he doesn't seem to have many strong thoughts about like wizard world (laughs) politics at this point yeah Uh, and even his his, outside of how they affect him yeah, his confrontation with Ernie, you know, er- Ernie is, says, like, don't attack me, I'm a pureblood. And Harry says, like, you, like, like, I don't care what your blood is. It's like, good defense, Harry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's like, a, the, I think that's the closest he gets to commenting at all. And it all seems to be. Again, I, I, I even have a hard time interpreting what he's so upset about. He's worried about having a connection to Salazar Slytherin, I guess. Um but why like but, like like yeah. i mean obvi- the, obviously the answer is because salazar Sullivan sucks but like harry doesn't say that really like he doesn't have any strong thoughts about salazar like at no point does he go like wow salazar slytherin like wanted to kill students that's fucked up like he never he never thinks or says anything like that it's just it's assumed he, in a really weird way yeah um I think that's the thing is like I'm not against a character not taking action. Action doesn't have to be literal. I just mean that like there's a lot here 
that we are assuming about Harry's character that I don't think is earned. Yeah, he's so nice, though. He's very nice. He's just um, so nice. Let's let's move on to the 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 poly the actual polyduce plan here. Can I put something right in the middle here, though? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Fred and Fred and George are insane. Oh, I love the Fred and George thing here. Actually, they're nuts. The, they're crazy. The the the, the era slithering coming through thing. I thought that was fucking hilarious. Yeah. So that's very funny. But I'm going to talk about the two times we see Fred and George in these two chapters. And the first one is because they're trying to cheer up Ginny by jumping out at her from behind statues with oils <laughs> okay. all over You're their right. face. You're right. No, I I did forget about that. Yes. Okay. Uh, that's so. I'm not looking at the like. I think that. The scene of Fred and George where they are like, you know, kind of uh, like hamming it up like, oh, it's absurd that Harry is the heir of Slytherin. Like, I think that's that's a good scene. I just can't unmarry these two in my head where they just seem like just psychos. (laughs) I can't. uh, Fred and George, Fred and George are irony boys uh that's Damn, my take. they are yeah um um yeah they they have uh they have a problematic podcast uh and uh you never quite can tell with them but 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 i i don't know i really liked the scene where they're marked they're like parading harry around and like like goofing on the the whole air slithering thing but like and there's a line there where like harry says that like he appreciates that they found it so ridiculous like yeah maybe you should like be out there also making or or, like i don't know crack wise about it too or something like don't make them do the work for you because it should be ridiculous right like like here he's i don't know yeah he's not not doing anything not responding to this it's like again it's like everyone else gets to have their character moment about harry's conflict except for harry right yeah totally even Fred and George. Um, yeah. So, uh, so that's that's all I had to say. Uh, they're crazy. Again, I'm like seesawing back and forth between like, oh, Fred and George, they're so like I, I like, I uh, think they're like good and nice characters. And then half the time, I'm just like, wow, they are just just nuts. <laughs> um, so the polyjuice potion. Polyjuice potion. Um, th- I think the crab and goyle plan sucks. I I think that the putting the sleep drug in the in the cake and then just putting cake on the stairs because they're fat, haha. Like that that's dumb even for this like kind of we're still kind of in like the rolled dolly goofy territory. Like that's just real stupid, I think. Yeah. No, yeah, I agree. It also it like this this plan is nuts, and then it's just like oh, I guess uh we'll leave some cupcakes with sleeping potion on a banister, uh and yep they eat it because they're fat and greedy. Hee hee. Hee hee. Then we get a lot of good fat jokes about them in the bathroom. Um, I don't know. Like I like I like this plan on its face, and I like the scene that we get. I, I actually more more than the actual scene of of them talking to Malfoy in disguise. I love the scene of them walking around, realizing that they don't know where the Slytherin common room is. I can't um, believe Hermione didn't think of that. I mean, maybe she knew the whole time. 
Because she's not with them. Yeah, that was my interpretation, was that she would have had all this plotted out, but she became a cat. uh, Yeah. And and they had to figure it out themselves. Um, But yeah, them, like, running into Percy, uh, them, like, like, having to, like pretend that they're grabbing goyle around malfoy is really funny like i don't know that 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 i really enjoyed that stuff yeah i i think the plan is is silly at at places but it's worth it for the scene that we get with malfoy because otherwise Mm -hmm. we we never get to see malfoy sitting talking to his friends in their common room and turns Um, out speaking of psychopaths if you think fred and george are nuts uh wow malfoy Draco is wow. like straight up evil. He's an evil child. Um, I am going to be generous to Harry Potter fans and generous to Draco sh- fan Draco heads, uh, <laughs> because there's a lot of talk about why Draco's not that bad and why Draco deserved his redemption arc and why Draco was just misunderstood. And I'm going to be generous and say that I think that those fans, when they reread these books, they just start at book three because Draco's (laughs) Draco is a like sociopath in this chapter. He He is is not quite literally a little Hitler. Yes, I I think that kids, if they hear hate at home, they go to school and they, you know, bring hate there and that, you know, and they're kids and that's all they know. And they're, and I'm not saying that they cannot be redeemed. Draco wants to help someone murder people. <laughs> he wants he wants Hermione a little girl who he goes to classes with to die <laughs> to be yeah. murdered and he wants to help he is nuts he is horrible he is a killer <laughs> yeah, i don't know what is, to say he is evil he is he is an evil child i mean like like the two longest monologues we've gotten from draco malfoy at this point is him opening up about uh pure blood supremacy in the first book to harry and then this where he's like oh i wish i knew who was killing all those people so i could help like holy shit dude like and he's just like hurling slurs and this whole thing like it is just like i'll read the passage because it's nuts saint potter the mudblood's friend he's another one with no proper wizard feeling or he wouldn't go around with that jumped up granger mudblood and people think he's slytherin's heir last time the chamber of secrets was opened a mudblood died so i bet it's a matter of time before one of them kills again or he's killed this time i hope it's granger yeah holy holy shit damn like no no second thoughts uh this this 12 year old i mean i guess the other I guess the thing to remember here is that he is 12 and like you said like if he's been hearing like like Lucius Malfoy is implied to be like pretty up there in like wizard Nazi world right like I could imagine like like this this is about the level of like nuance I would expect from like a a child raised in that environment so like maybe this 
because he he saw like draco softens as he ages and like eventually gets his redemption i guess as like a 17 year old or whatever but like yeah he is he he is just he just wants that he just wants the the like non-purebloods to die like like that is like no bones about it he he is just he he's itching for for the monster to actually kill someone and like yeah i i've completely forgotten about this stuff yeah so draco is a real bad guy right now yeah i i I do love all the descriptions of of harry and ron like trying their best to like maintain their cool while they're hearing all this uh (laughs) they're doing a very bad job of like acting as crab and crab and goyle um they keep on responding to like the wrong names uh like (laughs) like ron is like gripping the seat uh like trying not to punch malfoy or whatever when he's talking about his dad like all that stuff is really great um i am surprised that uh um malfoy i guess is probably pretty dumb in his own way like way because (laughs) It does say that Ron's hair was turning back to red as they were leaving. Like, seems like that seems obvious. Seems a little obvious, you know. But hey, what I don't do know. I maybe know? he maybe he puts that together. But what is he going to do about it? That's true. Maybe it's dark in there. <laughs> um, I do have a little bit of a call out for Snape. Why is the Slytherin password allowed to be pure blood? Yeah what the fuck also that's that's another thing to me where i was just like like no like i know that like there are four houses and they have their own teachers and stuff but like nobody nobody saw that like the the password for this month was going to be pure blood and said um i don't think so (laughs) can you not do that maybe like like nobody thought about this that i think it's like it's funny I guess, but seems very late. Like, I just think that doesn't need to be there because it seems just too stupid. It's very on the nose. And yeah, like you said, like, the idea of Snape okaying this as as the Half-Blood Prince or whatever is very... Very suspect. Very sus. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's dumb. And, And I think at this point, there's no reason for him to keep... Like, I think... I don't think he really has to keep up appearances in the way that he, sh- like, needs to okay that. Uh-huh. Um, I guess I don't really know the ins and outs of uh, password choosing uh, the process, um, but I thought that was a little weird. It was definitely... I don't know. It's 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 a it's a small detail that I'm sure that we're thinking about more than J.K. Rowling did at this point, because who knows who sets the passwords really but yeah it, it is uh it is odd it's an odd detail it's very on the nose it's kind of like a huh okay <laughs> yeah uh, and, then her- and then hermione's a cat hermione's a cat cat girl cat girl hermione oh no i can't wait to watch the movie because they have her in that horrid fursuit head uh in the in the the, the movie in is the it cg stall. i don't even I, know I'm it's pretty hideous. sure it's a prosthetic because it's like one shot. You only see it for like one shot, and it. I remember even at the time thinking like, uh, what is that? It's very goofy looking." I- I'm feeling a. I'm feeling a little bit um like 
like I have to stand up for uh, the distinguished cra- craftspeople that make fursuits and say that they're it's not it's it's like way worse. It's yeah, okay, horrible. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I take that back. Uh, I, I have seen much more impressive amateur costume work. It is really goofy looking. It, I think it's one of those things where I think the costume is physical and like the eyes are CG um, or something like oh. that. Because it, yeah. it looks fucking horrifying. It's, it's, I'm like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. It's treated like a little bit of a goof in this book. Uh like she's just sad because her plan went wrong and she's a cat now in the movie it's like like embarrassed the movie it's like a jump scare from what i remember (laughs) like um, yeah i guess you gotta you gotta find your jump scares where you can yeah when you're making a movie yeah so yeah so she's a cat i feel bad for her i wish she could have gotten to go on the excursion i guess but yeah she kind of does all the work in this book and doesn't really get to get to do the or get the kind of payoff um yeah when we, when we were talking about harry not being able to put the mystery together it reminds me that hermione is the one that eventually solves it and then doesn't get to tell them about it or do anything about it uh yeah we'll be talking that we'll be talking about that later yeah and like uh, it's difficult because I, I don't like to, to to read this way into stories all the time because uh, something has got to be a surprise or you know or 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 um go go against what the characters plan at some point but i do feel bad and i do get shades of later stuff in these books with hermione doing all of this work and then being kind of cosmically punished for it and like it just seems it has shades of the spew stuff to me of like here's hermione really motivated to do some student activism stuff and uh but she was too going home became a cat like like i don't know like it's not the way to read fiction all the time but like like it just it it made me think of like what's coming i guess we have a damn podcast about it that's how we that's how we gotta we gotta do it that's we gotta do it see any any other thoughts on this chapter this not much like like the honestly the crab and goyle excursion is very thin on on in terms of like what actually happens we just get mm-hmm. get some like draco characterization they find out that he's not the heir and that's it yeah i guess the the like tech the tactical reveal is like the, the they're they confirm for what the third time now that the chamber of secrets was opened 50 right. they get like a, they get like a number it was like 50 years ago um yeah. there's also some like other like random clues that i kind of left out because they kind of don't matter like the spider thing came up again mm-hmm. um but i mean that's something that hagrid's just gonna flat out tell them they don't have any eyelids they don't have any eyelids so they're scared of the basilisk I, does anyone else notice that reddit uh yep that's hagrid um <laughs> <laughs> oh hey hey how you doing kids Uh, i will say like hagrid is good in this chapter like rewinding when hagrid bursts into dumbledore's office and is like harry didn't do it um yeah there's like the clue about the dead roosters because roosters are related to basilisks for anyone that's reading that closely um Mm -hmm. but i think i think that's it like 
Uh, Dur- the Dursleys send Harry a toothpick for Christmas. Yes. Which made me laugh. Um, which, again, I'm sorry, that's still more than Harry got for his friends. Maybe he regifted the toothpick. <laughs> Harry, you're rich. <laughs> Buy your friends some fucking Christmas presents. Okay. So we've pulled this one apart as we wrap up our chapters. Can we come up with something something positive to say? About about this this, yeah. this chapter? Can you can you find a, a final positive thought? About either uh, of these chapters. Uh, mm, I Lockhart and Snape are funny, and I will read I will read any number of words about them. And if if we have to do a non Lockhart related answer, <laughs> um, the part where nope, I got nothing. These weren't very good. I don't think. Darn, darn, that's too bad. What about you? Um, I like that they're. I like all of the just little magic stuff, and by that I mean, um, we are seeing a lot more spells and potions and and like random things in the wizarding world yes. that I didn't that, okay, remember. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah. I, I like, like we got the, the, you know, en- engorgement potion and then Snape saying like, everyone line up for your deflatement drought. Um, and like the spells that Harry and Draco used in their duel and, and the snake spell. And um, I, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like there's good, there's like a lot of weird criticism, like, oh, Harry only uses Expelliarmus, which maybe will become more true as time goes on. But I just felt like there were a lot of um, like wizard stuff peppered in these That's chapters true. that I, I wasn't I, expecting. I'll, I'll, I'll walk it back and say that I actually think that this is a good there. This is a collection of some really good scenes. Like, I think the dueling club scene is great. I think the uh, the crab and goyle excursion is really fun. I, I, I like that stuff a lot um as moments that are happening i just as a whole this book is kind of losing me uh, yeah that's kind of the story of this book i think for both of us is that yeah, it's a collection it of so scenes strong. and and they're good scenes and they're good moments but it's like they're not they're not holding together very well yeah i mean i'm just i'm like i'm actually thinking and like i think there are more like pound for pound there are more moments in this that i've enjoyed compared to sources like borgen and burks uh the bookstore signing uh any anything at the borough uh the dueling club lockhart's class uh there's a lot of good I, like i even enjoyed a quidditch scene because it was more of a it was like a legit action scene that had a point to it and like like a like like there's stuff here that i'm really enjoying um but it is in service of a kind of a head scratcher of a story at this point. Yeah, I'm not. Um, I can't. I can't say I'm like super th- thrilled so far about the um, Harry po- Harry Potter story about racism. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, just yeesh, yeesh. Uh, it's an interesting direction to we- go out of the first book. We are going to have to at some point, not not this week, but maybe in our wrap up, talk about how Dean Thomas had a whole plot line that was cut from this book. <laughs> yeah, uh, because J.K. Rowling didn't think it was relevant to the story, and 
I just that is fucking wild to me that you would like in your your bad fantasy racism story you would cut the one black student with like like who was not even a prominent character he was just like a character who existed in the first book just cutting him out completely because you didn't feel his story like fit it's just like yeesh 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 aye. like aye aye, aye. no yeah. yeah so yeah well there's probably more to touch on there um uh, but i think for this week that'll wrap up our two chapters all right i think it is time for us to visit the dursley house take a break and then come back for a little game sounds good back from the dursley house it's great there we love the dursley house throw your hands in the air when you hear that tune um i think it is time to test your knowledge you've you've said on this podcast you were on record on this podcast saying pottermore is your favorite website oh it's true i never said i had any knowledge though (laughs) okay fair (laughs) enough but um uh you did say it is your favorite website and so we are going to we're going to see what kind of fan you are yeah um yeah. so what i have done is i have pulled some quotes from the internet uh this game is called pottermore or potterhead uh, <laughs> and you are going to tell me whether this quote is from pottermore or somewhere else basically great uh, and it can be anywhere else so like what we're talking it could be buzzfeed it could be etsy could be a YouTube comment. It could be a Reddit comment. Just anything other than 100% on-brand official Pottermore. Okay, here's a question. Yes. If you give me one and I say, not only is it not Pottermore, but I successfully say, like, that's a YouTube comment. Do I get extra points? Absolutely. Yes. 100%. Okay. Okay. All right. Shall we begin? Yes, please. Number one. In the end, Snape performed his duty, killing his closest ally and his dearest friend, branding himself as a murderer in the eyes of the people he sought to protect, for that was the sort of man Severus Snape was, a hero so heroic that he would cast himself as the villain as long as it meant doing the right thing. <sighs> I mean, that makes me so angry. <laughs> um... <laughs> uh, I... You know, I've spent this entire podcast, all 14 episodes or whatever, containing how angry I am about the conclusion of Snape's story, because obviously we're not there. Like, he's just like the he's the mean teacher that um, has Draco summon the house mascot. So mm-hmm. I have I just have to contain all this rage that <laughs> lives, lives inside <laughs> me mm-hmm. Um so I I would say that um, I think that's Pottermore because that's like that's where my rage is like I just know that it would say some some shit about that about like why <laughs> it's like us oh, like these are the reasons why Snape is so brave um, and they would say some shit like that so yeah that's Pottermore you are you are one hundred percent correct that is a, I know that, it. Is a, that is a Pottermore special oh yeah it is. All right. Uh, Number two. But still, think about it. A book series that many people think is just for kids 
actually has more death in it than one of the most notorious horror films of the last century, and that's only counting the deaths we actually see. There are many, many more, like the almost brutally flippant deaths of Tongs and Lupin that happen off-page, <laughs> acting as nasty little post-battle surprises that only add to your sinking sense of hopelessness at how just at just how harsh the magical world is. I love when people use people characters dying off screen as evidence as to why <laughs> the book is good actually. Yeah. It's like, but yeah, these, the worst part of the deaths, seventh... they add so much just emotional resonance um yeah. to the Hogwarts battle. Um I I really want to say Pottermore because they they loved to say stuff like that and they oftentimes will throw in the Tonks and Lupin thing again mm-hmm. as evidence that that's mm-hmm. good. Um The thing the thing that I know about Pottermore though is they're all about the brand. You know? Right. These are this is of the the bastion of of the Harry Potter brand. I don't even like I know that it did not mention by name whatever horror film that would be. I don't even think that it would acknowledge the existence of other films. <laughs> you know, like Harry Potter films are the only ones that exist in Potter. Well, that, I mean, that that tracks, right? Because that's why Harry Potter fans have such trouble with actors as a concept. True, true. So there can't be other films because it's all it's all real. Um, so I'm gonna say no. That's that's a Potterhead. I don't know where that would be from though. It sounds like it either could be like a listicle or like a Reddit comment. It sounds a little too well written for a red co- Reddit comment. <laughs> okay, so you are correct uh, that it is it is not Pottermore. Um, but I don't know. Follow that thread a little bit. Can you guess guess where where that came from? Is this from Bustle? No, sadly, no. I wish it was from. If it was from Bustle, it would be like, like, Yas Queen J.K. Rowling traumatized <laughs> children when she killed off badass bitch Tonks and her Off cool, screen. Yeah, yeah, like that. Yeah, that would. Be I Bustle. just really wanted it to be Bustle. Yeah, um, no, it's but... uh, it's it's mashable. Yeah. None of this means anything to me. I <laughs> <laughs> I, can just, I can just fucking make these websites up at this point. Um, can we speculate what horror film they're like referencing? Like, it, I, what was it like the top, like the top, like um, horror film body count? Oh, sorry, no, I do know what it is. Like, because I read this whole article. Oh, uh, it was it, it was Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, with, like the re- the remake or I, whatever. Oh, yeah, I guess maybe it was. Yeah, because I was going to say, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre actually isn't that, like, slasher movie-ish. It's, like, a thriller. Uh, so, yeah, maybe they are talking about the shitty remake. Um, I'm not much of a not much of a horror aficionado, yeah. but... Yeah, but, uh, yeah, that was Mashable. They, uh... I'll, I'll post a link to this, because I, I should note that this was... I found this because there was a Mashable article... It was five articles that only true Potterheads will understand, and they were all written by the same guy. And that article that was listing <laughs> all of them was written by the same guy. Did he? Did he write? Did he write the the listicle? Yes. How yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, he wrote Good. a listicle listing his five articles about Harry Potter. That's how you got to do it. That's how. That's you know, 
I mean, I'm posting clips of our our let's play on Twitter, and I guess you know you got to do it, what you got to yeah, do. I just I'm just gonna need you to post a, a like top top five uh, podcast episodes that only Potterheads will understand, <laughs> and then just, just no excuse me of- excuse me top 14 podcast episodes <laughs> oh this is updated each week and the number will go up uh okay shall we move on to the next one yes please all right number three let's consider for a moment that being the chosen one was optional harry potter as much as he appreciated being considered for the role didn't fight quite feel up to the task of bringing down the darkest wizard darkest wizard the world had ever known and decided to pr- pursue his quidditch career instead in his absence, who would have been the best witcher wizard to take over the job? Who could have taken on the role with Harry's admirable level of suffering and silence with the occasional enraged outburst, of course? Yeah, you know, what I love about Harry is how much he suffers in silence. Yeah, fucking love it. That's, you know, um, something I just really value is if people would just keep their keep their shit to themselves. And he's so nice. He's so nice, and that's just because he keeps all of his suffering to himself. Because you know we don't want to hear about it. Yeah, uh, maybe <laughs> it's true. He really is keeping it to himself in this book. He's keeping a lot to himself, and maybe that's yeah. his character. Yeah. Um, that's a weird. You know, I'm really unclear about the prophecy, so I'm also a little bit confused about this entire premise. Um, because Neville's the chosen one, right? No, I thought, no. It, uh, or does he just fulfill that like in by happenstance? It's been so long since I read the I later books. I thought it books. was like Neville could be, but like Voldemort decided it was. I I don't know. I'm really I'm really unclear. Um, because it's stupid. Um, and doesn't make <laughs> any goddamn sense. Um, so I'm gonna have to go with Pottermore because of course they would be trying to make sense of it and write something that's supposed to sound like it means something at me that I just don't understand at all. You are correct. That is Pottermore. You're, you're three for three so far. You know, it's my favorite website. It's your favorite website. I, yeah, if I, yeah, if I come, if I come with the queen of Pottermore, I best not. (laughs) You're right. Um, okay. Number four. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, now this is a this is a description. Um, it is a poster. Uh, this is this is on a on, on like a store page type thing. Oh. Um. It is a poster that says anything's possible if you've got enough nerve, Ginny Weasley, and it's in, <laughs> it's in a fucking awful font, like one of those in this house we do Disney kind of you know that kind of thing uh and it says this poster is dedicated to the words of Ginny weasley who through her expressions of grit and defiance sums up the spirit of the harry potter series fittingly it's taken from order of the phoenix a book defined by the struggle of Ginny and the da against the tyrannical reign tyrannical spelled wrong by the way uh of dolores oh. umbridge said to harry in reference to defying umbridge it is a statement of rebellion and risk of hope and adventure this is going to be a tough one, um, because on the one hand, again, you're underestimating my love of Pottermore. Mm-hmm. Um, I, in in my my computer room here, I, you've seen it before. Uh, my boyfriend kind of sits behind me, and 
if you think that I didn't spend one day on the Pottermore store (laughs) turning my chair around to him and saying, hey, should we get this poster for our computer room? You'd be wrong because I did. Um, So I know all the posters that are in the store. Oh my um, god! I know, I know the stupid one with the deer, and it's it's the doe, and it says always in the smoke, <laughs> and <laughs> and I know that in the Pottermore store, there is that quote on a poster. Here's my problem, though. I am sure that a million other places have used that line on posters and, and various works and posters and shirts sale. and fucking anything right and the misspelling is really is really messing me up because i'm sure i'm sure pottermore would never make a mistake hmm. they would never miss because because originally you were telling me this and i'm like haha i know it's gonna be pottermore because i know the poster <laughs> But would they misspell something in their description? I'm going to go with not Pottermore. I think this is like Etsy. Someone made their own. It's the Pottermore one. What? I am am betrayed. I am betrayed by Pottermore. Wow. It is it is the Pottermore one. Yeah. Yep. Well, I guess it's, I have to buy it now. That's yeah, that's your punishment. You have to buy the poster. It has to go up. Do you know how much it is? Um I don't know if you have it in front of you or not. No. Probably too much, but it's coming out of your Patreon share. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> I really don't want it. I um I was surprised to find out that that because that line was also referenced is it's referenced all the time when Ginny Weasley comes up. That's like her iconic line. And I didn't Mm. remember it all. And I was very surprised to find out that it's from Order of the Phoenix. (laughs) Yeah, that's like the most. I don't know. We'll get there. Maybe that's the only thing she says in the book. I just don't remember her doing anything in that book at all. Yeah. Okay. Number five uh it's time to 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 lick your wounds and and move forward Mm. maybe you can 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 scrape a wing here i mean you know you're you're three for four or yeah number five this is also a shop description Mm -hmm. always for many harry potter fans the loss of alan rickman in early 2016 was devastating his portrayal of severus snape melded with and rewrote the professor we knew from the books now, when someone says Snape, we only see his face. His Severus Snape will hold a special place in our minds and hearts. Always. Celebrate his legacy with this Harry Potter Snape's Patronus lamp. With a small LED, this lamp casts the shadow of, of <laughs> Snape's dope Patronus, reminding us of what the character was ultimately all about. It's not a light, per se, as much as it is a decoration. You wouldn't want to read Fantastic Beasts and where to f- find them by it, but the directed illumination creates the magical shadow, a design that only works because there is darkness mixed in with the light. Take that how you will. Um, isn't it great that that was what his character was all about? Uh-huh. <laughs> I love that. I don't have burning rage inside me about that at all. I just love the transition between 
like this heartfelt statement about losing Alan Rickman and then it's a small LED lamp like celebrate his legacy with this fucking LED light it sounds just dread it just sounds dreadful um I hate this product um I'm I'm not gonna ham this one up it's not Pottermore I know it because I've looked at the store endlessly (laughs) um also it would never I mean again all about the brand they would never suggest you not read fantastic beasts by a light you know like i know what they're saying they're like the light's not bright enough they want they want you to ruin your eyes read that damn book um so i'm gonna say not potter more but um the product just sounds like it makes me so mad uh you are correct it is not potter more <laughs> but can you guess where it is from um Based on the description, I just want to say Etsy. Mm, nope. It's from ThinkGeek. Oh. Yeah, so you're huh. not thinking you're not thinking geeky. Uh I guess not. Okay. Huh. Yeah. Well, guess guess you got, you know, you've got a little bit of gamer humor in you, but uh Not enough, but, uh, I guess. Not enough. Not enough geekdom there. True. Shall we move on to number six? This is kind of a long one. Sure. So what exactly do we know about Fantastic Beasts, the crimes of Grindelwald? Lots, actually. Production of Fantastic Beasts, the crimes of Grindelwald started this summer, and we already know quite a lot about the second Fantastic Beasts film. So if you want to go into the film not knowing much, we suggest you look away now. Number one. It's called Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. Straight away, the title says <laughs> uh, that Grindelwald... <laughs> Straight away, the title says that Grindelwald, Johnny Depp, will be a big focus in the second film after having been unmasked in Fantastic Beasts and where to find them. Clearly, his capture by Mac USA won't last for very long, and Grindelwald is still intent on exposing the wizarding community to the non-magical world. So what will he do next? As the title suggests, not nice things. Grindelwald escapes custody and sets about gathering followers to his cause. What many of his new devotees don't suspect is that his true intention is to raise pure-blood wizards up to rule all over non-magical beings. We know from the Harry Potter books that Grindelwald's ascent represents a dark time for the wizarding world, much like the rise of Lord Voldemort, so things are about to get serious. Oh, sorry, I fell asleep. (laughs) Just kidding. Um, why? Okay, um... I don't care about the game anymore. Why did they just write Harry Potter again? Why did they just right, make the yes. same story again, but yeah. in the past? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really going to have to see this movie, aren't I? Oh, we are going to have to go see this flick. I feel like... Oh, I'm really thrown off by like this, the look away spoilers part, because I feel like... Pottermore is very opposed to anything that might be even spoiler adjacent. Mm. Um, Obviously, it spoils the books and things because they they just write about the books. But I feel like they would just have kind of an official word about the new movie and wouldn't really discuss it. But maybe I'm wrong. I think that whenever I see the Fantastic Beasts content, I just don't care so i'm not as familiar with kind of their official line about it 
I don't think this is Pottermore, though. I think this is like a, like a clickbait kind of like BuzzFeed what we know about fa the new Fantastic Beasts movie uh, article. So no, not Pottermore. I'm so sorry. It is Pottermore. What? It is Pottermore. Why would they make their movie sound so boring? Why would they why would they start the article with a headline, what do we know about Fantastic Beasts? And then the first thing is it's called Fantastic Beasts. Like, well what that it, we do know that. We it is true, we do know that. Um but you did not know that it was Pottermore. I didn't. I'm actually pretty surprised. I was expecting like a BuzzFeed. Uh, mm -hmm. article that's like a clickbait what we know and then, it's, <laughs> and then it turns out to be nothing right right no no i guess that's tough because pottermore really modeled itself off of being like a buzzfeed type right site so yeah so it could go either way if it gives you that buzzfeed vibe yeah know. so they nailed it they nailed the buzzfeed vibe okay i got one more for you this okay. one's kind of a this one's kind of a bonus because I feel like this one will be pretty obvious, but, <laughs> but I handpicked this one just for you. One thing about Snape not many people ever noticed <laughs> is that he tried his best to protect not just Harry, but every student possible. One, in both Chamber of Secrets and Half-Blood Prince, Snape is the first person Harry meets when he doesn't make the train. Of all the teachers, he is the one who notices his absence and tries to search for him. Two... In Prisoner of Azkaban, he runs to the Shrieking Shack, hey, without hey. ever informing Dumbledore about finding Harry with Sirius and Remus. Three, he found Harry wandering with a parchment in his hand. He was patrolling, knowing <laughs> that Harry would be foolish enough to wander around trying to find Sirius. Four, he gave fake Veritaserum to Umbridge and made sure Harry and his friends were safe and quietly informed the order to look out for Sirius. Five, in Order of the Phoenix, he ran, his, he ran in his nightshirt to rescue Montague, who somehow escaped the Vanishing Cabinet. Six, in Deathly Hallows, he repeatedly saved Ginny, Neville, and others from the Kara's punishment by sending them to Hagrid. Seven, he couldn't bear Voldemort killing the Muggle Studies teacher and even confided to Dumbledore about his helplessness to stop them. Harry never noticed, as it was his teacher who had a grudge on, over him and was always looking to dock house points, because he's the hero Hogwarts deserves, but not the one it needs right now. So we'll curse him, because he can take it, because he's not our hero. He's a silent guardian, a watchful protector, a dark knight. <laughs> is this a reddit post oh you know it hell yeah it is hell uh, yeah it is uh, you know i guess that's true you know i've spent all this time not liking the way snape's character went um but i've changed my mind that's all great he is the dark knight <laughs> He's Batman. Uh, and, and this, I'm just going to transition right into my pitch for uh, the real Harry Potter game that we do need, which is like an Arkham game, but you're Snape and you fly, <laughs> you fly around and, yes. and punch people. Yes, I want the Arkham Snape game so bad. Arkham Snape is the, is the uh, game that we're pitching to, to the Harry Potter game studio. So Hey, Warner Brothers also, like Warner Brothers Studios owns oh, the, isn't that the, the Arkham stuff. So right, it's they could just do it. Come on. Oh, do it. Make the I, Snape game. That would be so good. I would love that game. That's what we need. Well, you did, I did okay. You did okay. I'm you know, I'm surprised you didn't ace it, but uh but you know. 
better luck next time, I guess. The thing about Pottermore is there's just so much content. Um, so there's I'll, so, I'll yeah. have to study up. Pottermore is a labyrinth, I would say, uh, of content. Yes. There's always something new there. Yeah. Um, speaking of always something new, uh, I had something there and then I immediately lost it. <laughs> Fuck. Um, but we do have a Patreon, uh, and you can support us there and get bonus content, including, uh, ep- uh bonus episodes, uh, and also a Let's Play that we're doing of the first Harry Potter game. We will continue to be posting those and playing those really wonderful games. Our theme song is Hot McGonagall by Cheshire Moon. Uh, and if you like the show, why don't you leave us a review on iTunes sometime? Uh, what are our chapters for next week? Next week, we have ch- chapter 13, uh, The Very Secret Diary, and chapter 14, Cornelius Fudge. Hell yes. Um, with that being said, even if you're reading along, even if you love Harry Potter, even if you're reading the audiobooks, even if you're watching the movies, please read another book. Please read another book. If you go into the dream, but there's a lady here there, makes ocean raw seem tame. Better know what you're after if you catch a eye. Cause this hot mama is just a cat in disguise.